feel so sleazy. Hello and welcome to Sleazy Queens, the Screaming Queens exploitation spin-off. My name is Jonathan Larkin and I am joined by Christopher Brown. Hello, Chris. Hello. And I'm also joined by Andy Roberts. Hello, Andy. Hi, John. Are we all ready to get Sleaze-tastic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. As prepared as it's we'll actually- ever be. It's sort of not that sleazy, though, strangely. No, it's, anyway. it's wholesome. Well, wholesome as it can be with this kind of stuff. Wholesome with extra hole. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it, was, it was a surprising episode, change of pace, wasn't it, really? <laughs> it really, really was. It was. Um, in today's episode, we're discussing a masturbatory masterpiece directed by Radley Metzger, a.k.a. Jake Barnes, a.k.a. Eric Farina, a.k.a. Henry Paris, who made erotic films like Camille, The Licorice Quartet, and the wonderfully titled The Opening of Misty Beethoven. His films were known for lavish design and beautiful cinematography, and this film is no exception. He starts out in distribution, putting out titles by Antonioni, Fellini, and Bergman, amongst others, so it's probably not a massive surprise that he went the extra mile in making his own output look so good. He got into directing adult films with 1963's The Dirty Girls. Andy Warhol was a very vocal fan of his work, especially the Licorice Quartet. He drew inspiration from the classics for his porn. Misty Beethoven, for instance, was based on Pygmalion. That one's even been called the crown jewel of the golden age of porn. Um, which is widely considered to be early 70s up until 1984. Metzger went on to direct a remake of one of my favourite films, The Cat and the Canary, starring Anna Blackman, no less. Today's film covers one of his golden age pieces of arty filth, directed under the moniker of Henry Paris, based on an off-Broadway play that starred Sylvester Stallone and was written by Jerry Douglas, who wrote gay porn classic The Back Row and returned to porn later in his career, writing such classics as Jockaholics and Honourable Discharge. Yes, there we go. Um, so the play was set at a rundown tenement block, but the film takes place in the mythical, otherworldly European city of Leisure. Jack and Elvira have a rather open marriage. They spend their days and more to the point nights indulging in bets to see who can seduce the most people, irregardless of their gender. Yes, they're bisexual, and they're not miserable, deviant, or dangerous in 1973. Their latest, their latest game involves prim, prim and proper newlyweds Betsy and Eddie. 
The bet is, if Elvira fails to bed Betty by midnight, then Jack gets to shag Eddie. It's that simple. But surely, whatever happens, we won't be carried along for the full hardcore ride, right? Wrong. Get ready to score. Bring someone you want to excite to see score. An invitation to a completely different kind of motion picture. An invitation to a wild and wicked weekend of mixed doubles. Experience the possibilities with... The other day, Jack decided he wanted to answer one of those ads. You know. Are we playing Loretta Young this morning? When did you do that? One night at bowling. You know that night. You were having your period. You weren't feeling well. The six months are nearly up. You're running out of time. I haven't lost this one yet. An invitation to watch for play as everyone tries to. Can I get you a cup of coffee before I go? Uh, no, thanks. Maybe later. Elvira speaks very highly of you. The perfect marriage. Amel nitrite. What's it for? Hey, it's a nice looking ring. Do you like it? I wasn't sure I liked it. I thought it looked a little queer. Queer strange or queer faggoty? Sometimes it can make an evening more interesting. You don't suppose they'll want to stay the whole weekend? We've got to get out of here. This is the first time for everything. Eddie's not very good at it. You and Betsy been married long? About a year. I think marriage is a no-no. Elvira and I have been married a lot longer. Why don't you take off your hat and stay away? I'd tell you all about it, only you'd blush. Don't you want to cover up? Perfect marriage. With all of you in the bed, how do you know? Who's who? Well, yeah. You don't. We play all kinds of games around here. Yeah, this one was um this one was a big surprise. I uh, I went into this thinking um that this because I think this was my choice, I think, wasn't it? And uh, I went into <laughs> yeah. this thinking this was going to be a really really big chunk of sleaze. And I'm just massively surprised. Like it it's such a high quality film and I really was taken aback by how by how kind of nice it is and like yeah. how sex positive it is as well because it you mm. know it, t- today it's like um yeah, we're very sex negative as a society, even by 2020 standards. And this film is sort of like a glimpse into what maybe life would be like a little bit if we were a bit more less hung up on sex. So this, to me, was just a really, really nice, almost almost magical kind of um, ride into into the world of sex, really. So I really, really enjoyed it, though. Like, massively enjoyed it. Much more than I thought yeah. I would. Chris? I mean, I wouldn't initial. say... I mean, initially, I, mean, I wouldn't say it was magical, um, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But you know, but um, but you know, it, it it is. It's really nice. It's a nice film. Although there are moments in it where um, it, it that the 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 older woman did look like she was uh, uh, look well, basically like the shark in uh, Finding Nemo when she's kind of circling around <laughs> poor old Betsy. Elvira, oh. isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, it, it, it's fun. It is a fun film, and you know, I, this is the kind. I mean, I love you know, as you know, I mean, I love like nineteen seventies styling anyway, and it's so beautifully shot, and everyone's just nuts in it, and so it, it is. It, I, I, you know, it's it's good fun, and um, yeah. yeah, and then quite eye opening as well. Quite eye opening. Um, I yeah I echo Andy's um, surprise really at just how sort of 
nice it was and sex positive is the way is the term for it really I, I do feel like you know back in 1973 people had such high hopes for the future <laughs> it, was, you know, it was all going to be like all about all about loving each other and nobody caring about uh you know the world's hang-ups on sex and you know none of that pesky jealousy or or inferiority complex or anything like that it was just going to be let's all just fucking shag um and then <laughs> And then we've we've let them all down really badly. <laughs> I feel we, like we're we really like, we really we're... did considering the utopia yeah. that they've they've got in place there exactly. in uh, yeah. what was it what was it called the land of um, I can't leisure. even remember what it's called leisure that's it the <gasps> land of leisure yeah just down the road from affluence isn't it or something like that. yes yes yeah. uh, j- just just south of euphoria and yeah. something like that yeah yeah, yeah. V- very rom- very romanticized and uh, fairy tale like you know yeah. to start yeah. It does. It does. Oh, it does all its scene setting and kind of this is what the type of film is going to be entirely through the through the realm of geography yeah exactly yeah it's a it's shot in croatia apparently mm. um that was the that was the the uh, film and location so it's sort of the, it's bookended isn't it with sort of fairy tale style and narration mm, yeah as we're introduced to these sorts of aspirational glamorous sunny croatian locales and uh, the very funky interior decor of elvira and jack's home mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was um i was immediately taken with Elvi- elvira's bialetti machine i really like the look of that <laughs> i thought that woman makes a good strong coffee so we sort of start out don't we with elvira and jack they spend their morning sort of bickering over their swinging conquest that they had last night Mm. um and from what we gather they sort of they've been picking up people through the personals ads in magazines Mm. and um i think they're a little bit not jaded but elvira especially is a little bit bored of mm. these, you know picking people up through the she says doesn't she uh when whenever someone turned over she saw another appendectomy scar <laughs> <laughs> and and jack's basically like stop being such a sexual snob yeah 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 she's she's anti-lever john i know i'm shocked i'm shocked um i was so surprised by that did you see that contraption above their bed like the sort of what was that it was like a DIY mirrored ceiling type setup, so they couldn't like afford to have mirrors on the ceiling. So they just thought, we'll get just this like flexible roll of reflective metal <laughs> to like yeah. string up above the bed. Very very strange. Well, maybe this, maybe they're saving up so they can go to Arctic and move to affluence and really live their lives. That'll now, be possibly. a leisure. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um. Apparently, it was filmed at like they rented a place to film it. So, they and the rental ran out halfway through. So, so it's filmed across two interiors, two different rentals, oh, two it? different Airbnbs. Oh. Yeah, essentially. So that's probably why the mirrors on a contraption <laughs> they couldn't they, they didn't have, <laughs> they didn't get the go ahead to like hammer a mirror into the ceiling of this rental. Well, that, that, that rental makes home. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought straight off that they had a bit of a cruel intentions vibe going on these two, yeah. mm. the way that the way that these sort of um, you know banter back and forth about the the various conquests, the games that they play. Mm. Such yeah, a such a of... such a such a nice charming like married life that they have though that it's like this this constantly playful arrangement like like a sort of you know um, 
a very innocent rivalry they have of like seducing other people because there's clearly moments when it's like well they clearly are still in love massively with each other and they're still like yeah. extremely close but they just have this kind of playful rivalry going on saying oh well i can beat you at this you know and just quite a nice depiction of that sort of arrangement i'd say I mean, it's it, it's because it's the way it's being put together, and it's quite nicely done. I mean, because otherwise that would appear massively fucking predatory. And there are points in this where they do appear hugely predatory. But um, <laughs> yeah, regardless, oh, it's just a, a fun bet and all that kind of stuff. And oh, please drink some more Johnny Walker whiskey. It's all it's all great. Don't worry about that. And some weed, and some yeah. ammo. But you know, um, it's fine. It's fine. We're just it's the seventies, man. It's all cool. More ammo. Um, <laughs> You know, so uh, but um, but generally, because the way it's put together, it's all seen as be, it's all very light, isn't it? It's all very jovial and friendly, and you know, while uh, being locked in a room with Elvira and a big hair might possibly be terrifying for most, some uh, normally for somebody called like Betsy, um, Betsy yeah. it would be in this occasion she, she she's well up for it. Yeah, I mean, I you know the the comparison I made there was cruel intentions, and that that goes down a bit of a darker, more toxic route, really. Whereas this has got a lightness of touch to it, like like you just mentioned. There's a bit of a sort of la la la, floaty mm. floaty chiffon vibe to the whole thing, isn't it? That makes you think that they're not really that rapey. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of speaking of rape, there's a, there's a great line early on where Betsy comes around and she says to Elvira that uh, she couldn't get hold of her, so she was really worried because she was sure she'd been murdered or raped. And Elvira says, <laughs> "Murdered, maybe." <laughs> I, ju- I just I just like connected with Elvira so much, just like oh god, she's she's so like flamboyantly sensual with everything she says. Yeah, like. Yeah. It just makes you wish there was like a switch, like at the back yeah. of your head, that just made everything you say come out slow and seductive. Like well, I mean, she's 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 either really slow and seductive, or she's sort of witty and sort of um, low key acerbic as well. Like she this, she says she has some great lines, like when she talks mm. about them go, going bowling, and she's like, mm, "The fascination of bowling has always escaped me." Um, mm. And I was like, I was, I was thinking to myself, was this written by a gay man? And yes, it turns out, it, <laughs> yeah, it was. It clearly <laughs> was. Clearly written by a gay man. Well, do you, uh, would you remember when, um, when Betsy comes across um, her um, stash of uh, poppers, and um, when she says, oh, "Oh, you know, it's for angina pectoralis," and she goes, "Oh, do you have a heart condition?" No, no, no. It just, it just makes nights more fun. And she goes, "Oh, <laughs> you mean, you mean drugs?" And she goes, yeah. say pharmaceuticals, it's much more genteel. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to be able to say that line to somebody in real life. Say pharmaceuticals, it's much more genteel. Hopefully you'll get the chance one day, Andy. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that straight up the guys are on display as much as the women. We, we, we get Eddie who just happens to be topless at work. And then we get um, we get Jack, who's open-shirted at work. Um, and then we've got Mike, the big bad wolf, with his tight white T-shirts and jeans. Um, and uh, so... Uh, the the sex it 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 takes a while to get to get for us to get an actual full on sex scene in there doesn't it? Mm, uh, it it's good, yeah. like, good like twenty minutes before Mike the yeah. telephone repair man pops in. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike's grim. Mike is grim. Yeah, everything to do with Mike is grim. I I also quite fancy Mike though. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. 
I'm not gonna lie. I, I uh, have to I have to concur with John here, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, um, oh, he, he, looked, he looked he looked like the stereotype phone repair guy from any seventies porn. porn. Like everything yeah. was just there. It's just like, yeah, this this guy could have been in any seventies porn feature and you'd be like, Yeah, yeah, I know this sort of type. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this role was played was the one that was played by Sylvester Stallone on stage. Ah, I love that. Okay. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I can see that, to be honest. Yeah, but the story goes that they didn't hire him for the film because he was too ethnic looking. <laughs> 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 Which is nice, you know. Wow, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um so Carl Parker who plays him, he was um he, he only he only made a few films. After this he made another erotic film called The Image, also with Randy Metzger. Mm. Uh, I keep calling him Randy, it's Radley but it should be Randy because it's porn uh, <laughs> uh, he, he made a film called The Image but then he went into real estate after that so he got out of the acting game uh-huh. um, but yeah um, so yeah, so he comes round and we get that sort of uh, you know, that expected porn um, scenario so Elvira's got Betsy round on her, on her own to lay the groundwork for what she calls Operation Music Box which does sound a bit uh Predatory, I must say. Yes. Uh, yes. And she so she lays the groundway by telling Betty that that she and Jack are into swinging, and then she mentions uh, the Polaroid camera, and she says, you know, oh, you should you should practice, you should try out my Polaroid camera. I'll be the model, and she starts to strip off. And just <laughs> as all this is sort of getting going, that's when Mike, the telephone repairman, comes a knocking in the middle of their photo shoot. Um. Yeah, it's it, that that moment is fantastic at the very least because she they literally uh, Betty picks up the camera, looks at it, and goes, "Oh, fantastic! I, I love cameras." She's like, "Right, you should give it a go. Bedroom now." Yes, bedroom now. <laughs> dragging, dragging her up the stairs by her hair. Come on, come on. Is this is this where we first see? Is this where we first see the little yellow tub of amyl nitrate? Yes, yes, I think yes. so. Under the pillow. Oh no, not not under the pillow. Just yeah, she kind of gets that ready. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and when so when Mike the big bad wolf comes in, he he calls her Mrs. Jackson, and she's like, "Mrs. Jackson is my mother-in-law. My name's Elvira." <laughs> she's just she's just gold. She's just aspirational. I just yeah. I love when she's trying to explain because obviously she sabotaged the phone herself, hasn't she, and pulled it out the wall <laughs> in course, order to get yeah. in order to get a man over. But um, so she explains <laughs> it by so she had oh, people round for a party, and someone must have tripped on the flex and pulled it out. And yeah. he, he says, what do you do at a good party? Knock down a wall? And she's just like, <laughs> depends on the guest list. <laughs> just, everything is just so, so, like, seductive. Andy, your your impression of it is uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Say pianist, Andy. Say pianist. Say it like she did. Pianist. Pianist. <laughs> <laughs> And and oh, what else, um, what else does she say? It's like, um, was it? Oh, I wish I'd have been invited. If I'd have known you yesterday, you would have been. Yeah, <laughs> such fabulous. a shit line, isn't it? She's fabulous. <laughs> um, so whilst um, so whilst he's there, sort of quotation marks fixing the phone, Elvira uh, does. Uh, she tells Betty the story of how she became a swinger, doesn't she? And we get a flashback to her in uh, where she's uh, her and Jack on a boat together, the sailor on a boat together. And um, we get that moment of where she finds out about Jack's bisexuality, where she says to him, you climb aboard a man as soon as a woman, wouldn't you? And he says, I'd climb aboard a porcupine if it struck my fancy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like a pivotal moment in their relationship, isn't it? The fact he'd fuck anything. It's like purely like, oh, yeah. it's all, this is on now. This is fine. Well I, think she, well, I think she says, doesn't it? It's the night before she agreed to marry him or something like that. So Yeah. Yeah, sealed the deal, you say. It's a deal, <laughs> deal maker. Yeah. Uh, isn't it funny that um, in this episode we've got to be Cialty and it's the first one where we're not talking about horse dick? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's such a marker of the quality of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's no animal. There's no animal animal porn. <laughs> that poor porcupine. It's a porcupine, but it's only mentioned, you know, it's off screen. That's it's, the it's, a, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Um, so I love the scene where Elvira and Mike are sort of talking about reading dirty fiction and she's seducing them in such a gleeful way. She's fucking brilliant. I, I think this actress is fabulous because she's so she's relishing the role so oh, much. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And Betsy is so like she's so sheepish and innocent, isn't she? Like, doesn't she like kind of switch off the the romantic music to try and like kind of break it up a little bit, thinking, "No, no, you can't yeah. do this." <laughs> you know, yes, this is becoming highly inappropriate. <laughs> yes, I'd jump in the sack with a porcupine if it struck my fancy. Eddie, did you? I'd climb aboard a porcupine if it struck my fancy. Did you? Look, these little cute panties. <laughs> What are you going to do? It's an expression. You better keep it hidden, huh? I'm gonna do it. It isn't love, Jack. That never really was a consideration, was it? I don't want to go anyway. I'm having too much fun here. Well, I'm going. I want him to come back. If he does come back, we won't let him in. We'll lock him out. Whatever you say. Some things are going up. Some things are going down. Right. I never could sleep in much of anything. I kind of hate to take it off. But I had such a good time tonight. Such a good time. Claire Wilbur, who plays Elvira, she played the role on stage too. Mm. Um, she's another one who burned brightly, but not very long. She wasn't in many other films. She was only in this and uh, another erotic film a year, the same year called Teenage Hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lynn Lowry, who plays the very naive Betsy, she was also in David Cronenberg's film Shivers. Mm-hmm. And um, she has then a very long and a continuing uh, career in low-budget genre films. She also had yeah, small parts in, in, um... in Dots Landing. She was in um, I, I Drink Your Blood. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. that, one's, that one's a good one. Was that a video <laughs> nasty? Wasn't that one of the nasties? No, no, no. It's not. Oh, okay. I think it, I think it might have been seized by the police at the time, but it was mainly just because of the, the graphicness of it. it was, it's kind of like a zombie movie, but they're not zombies. It's just rabid gang members. <laughs> yeah. And she's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the crazies as well. To be fair, which is probably uh, the, the, the big, the, pro- the probably the, the proper. Is that a proper film? Isn't it? That's a proper proper film. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Rather yeah, than I, I drink your blood, which lesser. And she no, I, dr- I drink your blood is 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 a real low budget one. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So Elvira does the whole. Oops, I spilled hot coffee all over you. You'll have to take your t-shirt off. Um, so she gets Mike's t-shirt off quite quickly, and um, rubs cream on his uh, on his burnt chest, <laughs> and then he gives her a demonstration. He gives her a demonstration of how he would rub the cream on her chest if it had happened to her. Um, it's and, again, it's just so 
on. I like. I mean, I know it's a porno and stuff. It's not really. It's more of an erotic drama. But <laughs> like, like if someone poured coffee on me, I just could not imagine being in the mood for anything, regardless if it was Elvira or not. I'd be fuming. Well, they kind of go the whole, they, they go the extra mile in this film to show the reality of it, because usually it's just, oh, spill coffee on you, take your top off, let's have sex. Whereas the, in this film, they explore the reality of what it would be like to have boiling hot coffee actually burn your skin. It's like, it's like porn, but with the risk assessment carried out first. It's porn with it's added added level of detail. <laughs> It's like they had it's like they had a really pedantic soap opera script editor working on the script. Because that's what that's the kind of note you would get. Hang on a minute, wouldn't he be burned? Yes, he'd be a burn. So she'd have to get some cream to make sure he's okay. This has to pass compliance. You know, that's that's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of conversation you'd have. So anyway, top off and then it's not just the top, we get naked. Everyone they both get naked. Uh Mike is unsurprisingly a fine figure of a man with a great hairy bum. And mm-hmm. um Betsy watches awkwardly as they writhe around on the shag pile rug. Yes, it's it funny how because well. she's very she's very sheepish, and yeah, it's just yeah. it's a long time before she actually makes any sort of like response because she, she basically just stares for a while, doesn't she? And then eventually she's like, um, "Elvira, Elvira, I think I'll leave right now." <laughs> it's yeah. like it's, she took ages to get to that point. That point. Yeah. Yeah. He has to kind of like throw her hat, his hat at her as well, to kind of wake her out of her kind of trance. <laughs> <laughs> Mesmerised by what was going on, maybe. I like I liked the line, why don't you take off your hat and stay a while? <laughs> as well, I thought that was quite fun. Um, so that this so this scene is a sort of soft focus, slow, you know, um, quite generic sex scene without the yeah. hardcore elements to it. Um, but it does sort of culminate in a big splash in the next scene <laughs> where you see, um, I think it's Eddie, is it Eddie or Jack at work? And there's a big splash. Uh, Jack, have... I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so they've made plans for that night, haven't they? So, so uh, Eddie and Betty are supposed to be coming out for dinner with Jack and Elvira. And that's when the bet will take place. However, Eddie turns up on his own because Betty's been so freaked out by what she saw this afternoon. She's now suddenly got a quotation marks headache. Uh, <laughs> so she's so she's sort of avoiding. Um, so um, sorry, just one second, guys. I've just realised I forgot to set record for Strictly Come Dancing. Just one second. <laughs> <laughs> If only there was some kind of digitized way you could just watch it live, <laughs> record it live from the internet, like iPlayer or something. We need to be found it. All done, Christ is over. <laughs> Keep that in. You, you have to leave that bit in. <laughs> Please. <laughs> It's just real. It's the results. I can't miss the results. That, that would be that would be your excuse. <laughs> of bed, bed. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just forgot. I've just forgot to record Strictly Come Dancing. I must have. Bill Bailey's going to win this, and you're going to fucking hate it. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I think he's great. I think he's oh, really good. Oh, fucking awful! It's like, it's like everyone's cheering him like it's your fucking granddad. Shite. Yeah, but he's really light on his feet. I'm so shocked. <laughs> Skips about oh. the place like a baby fawn. Um, so, uh, Jack and Elvira are only too happy to have Eddie there by himself, aren't they? Because they're sort of mm. swooping in on him. And uh, this is, you know, it's had predatory, but, you know, it's not like they've got a gun to his head. 
And um, Jack and Eddie discuss Eddie's pretty ring, which he worries looks a little gay, um, a little bit queer. Um, and doesn't and he Jack's say um, queer strange or queer faggoty? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nice. And they're just like, nice. oh, queer faggoty. <laughs> Did you see the bit where when Mandy first comes in and um well, we sat down at the table and he's given like a glass of milk and scotch. And um there's there's clearly like pornographic pictures on the um, table. I think that some of the ones that um Betsy took earlier, and he kind of just notices them and is about to pick them up and then Elvira swoops in and just takes him. She's like, junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, Elvira. He really bought that. And then, and then he takes the smallest drink of milk and then has the biggest glass of scotch. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking tumbler away for fucking whiskey. Amazing. It's like, no woods. Yep, sound, yeah, happy days. I mean, talking about a warm rough, bloody hell. I know. He's like, he's sort of, he's laying all of the ground. He's, he's sort of setting it all out ahead of him, and he's like, massive, massive drink. And then he says, you know, oh, a drink makes me really carefree. And then he's, that he's like, I'm a Gemini, so obviously he must be bisexual, because um, <laughs> it works like that. <laughs> so Jack, so Jack is delighted, thinking, you know, and he's basically saying to him, isn't he? Wow, if liquor makes you carefree, then what does grass do to you? They kept on saying turned on, didn't they? Which is meaning stone. Yes. And it's like, what yes. the fuck are they talking about? And I, 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 I know it sounds stupid, but I, like, I can't. I, what, what the fuck are these? Is, 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 is it a sex thing? It doesn't seem like a sex thing. What's going on? Oh, oh, it's weird. All right, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. weird. But then again, it's, yeah. it's what the kids used to say back in the seventies, I suppose, in Croatia. This is the first time I'd ever heard that term. Yeah, term I was of. very confused while they were all chatting about it. And it was only when, yeah. obviously, when they start getting the weed out and it's, oh, so they just mean stoned. And I thought, right, OK, never, ever, ever heard of it like that. No, me neither. Also, it's, just it as an like aside, I, I absolutely laughed my head off when um, when Betsy turns up in her very, very conservative lacy outfit. <laughs> it's like yeah. right underneath her chin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love that she's got first of all got a headache, and then she's like, "Hang on, I'm not letting Eddie have all the fun." So she turns up a little bit late. Um, I love, I love Elvira in this thing because she sort of plays the role of the '60s housewife whilst laughing at it. So she's like, you know, oh, a woman's work's never done, and I'll be in the kitchen, and oh, am I interrupting man talk? But she's kind of laughing her head off at it at the same time. She's totally subverting the whole thing. I love that. Um, I love the fact that they keep their weeds in the pepper mill as well. (laughs) Yeah, 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 so yeah. It's like you know this this thing that is going to be the gateway to our sexual liberation is hidden in a massive phallic object. Uh, yes. I love that little bit of symbolism. Yeah, uh, like they fr- at the end they throw the pepper mill at Mike, don't they? And Mike's like happy days. Yeah, and I don't yes. think he'd know what's going no, on. No, no, <laughs> totally. What's going on in Mike's head with that? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the. Uh, this is the bit where they drag out the dressing up box, right? Mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's when we start getting so, into the cowboy stuff. I love this. It's like the dressing up box is like the saying, it's like, you know, oops, they've got a dressing up box. It's a surefire, surefire symbol of a perverted couple. <laughs> um, and that made me realise me and Ben had one. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> But what it so, wasn't. What sort um, of outfits did you have? Well, it was less. It was less outfits and more like wigs and drag and stuff like that. Just, just when people came round, we get we put wigs on and get pissed and just have a laugh. Ah, um, but, okay. 
Not th- not this kind of laugh, more of a drunken, debauched, like falling around the room laugh type thing. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I accidentally threw it out. Like I spent like hundreds of pounds on really good wigs, and I threw the wrong bin bag out one day, oh. thinking it thinking it was rubbish, and yeah, it was lost forever. So oh. the tragedy. The tr- the, oh. the, that's the tragic reality of the dressing up box, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you accidentally did the- it. <laughs> This is the fantasy, but the reality is, yeah, just, you know, take care of your wigs. Take good care of your wigs. Um, I can absolutely so, imagine, though, Elvira, like, going out immediately shopping to replenish her supply of, of like, outfits if she accidentally binned them. It's true. It's true. So just, just before just before they start dressing up, they have this little moment they, where they talk about what their aspirations were when they were younger. And Eddie always wanted to be a cowboy. Jack always wanted to be a sailor. Betsy wanted to be a model, but her breasts are too small. Mm. Um, and Elvira says she wanted to be the, the girl on the cover of the Police Gazette. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that sort of segues into the dressing up, up box and uh, we get Eddie ends up dressing as a cowboy whilst Jack is dressing as a sailor. There's some mm. great shots of, of Jack with just a sailor's hat on and nothing else, which I thought was great. Um, and the bit where him and Eddie had sort of where he starts dressing Eddie and tying the red neckerchief around his neck and stuff, all highly homoerotic. Oh God, yes. Um, but Elvira stuns everyone when she walks in dressed as a sexy nun. <laughs> yeah, Betsy was very taken aback by this. We're going back yeah. to the sex uh, twice on the bounce, sexy nuns as well. Well, she says, uh, doesn't she, yes, at some yeah. point that um, she said that she's just a, a quiet Catholic girl. So that there's. There's a hint that actually maybe she she did have like that faith at one point. So maybe the sight of just like a sexy nun has like really like you know grabbed her by the short and curlies. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I noticed here Eddie does not dra- dance like a straight man. He does not dance <laughs> like a straight man at all. I mean, he wasn't though, was Eddie he? The actor? And, well, Eddie and Jack throughout this aren't really very convincing as completely straight men. They're both a little bit, um, you know. Uh, Oiled about the hips, shall we say. <laughs> um, so Jack tries to get Eddie to go upstairs with him to show him how to tie a good knot. <laughs> and, um... That old chest will tie. We've all, we've all tried it. We've all tried it. Come on, so we... come on, come on. I'm sure you have to tie a knot. Come on. So this is the sort of divide and conquer moment, isn't it? Where where we see that like this is probably what they do most te- most nights when they get a couple of rounds. Jack makes an excuse to take the man upstairs, and um, but naive and stoned Betty gets in the way by asking Eddie to dance with her rather than go upstairs with the sailor. Yeah, um, you can really see the proper disappointment on the two's like the couple's face. Yeah. Like, oh, for God's sake, you know, <laughs> again she's got yeah. in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we get mentions, don't we, of the fact that Eddie, Eddie's best friend was Betsy's brother mm. um, here. And then um, basically Betsy's, when she's opened it up to Elvira, she says to, to Betsy, you know, to uh, Betsy says to Elvira, my brother was Eddie's best friend. And even he said, don't marry Eddie. So you're automatically thinking, oh, OK, what happened there? What went on? <laughs> well, you know? I think we can all imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Betsy sort of tells Elvira that she she knows that Eddie wanks into the sink rather than have sex with her. No, she did get very upset though about this wanking in the sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just have to say, like out of all the things uh, to that you know uh, 
within couples. I think wanking in the sink is a relatively harmless thing. I, I don't know, but I, I think it might be more that he's she's he's wanking in the sink rather than wanking on her. To be honest with you, well, that's it. Yeah, that's playing up to a head insecurities, isn't it? That what you know, I must be, yeah. I must be deeply unattractive if my if my other half is having a wank rather than coming to me. Um. So, uh, yeah, so she has a great line, which says, I have an awful headache. I'm afraid I'm not a very good junkie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she keeps asking, doesn't she, throughout the whole thing, like, am am I stoned yet? Am I stoned? And they're all just like, not yet. I don't think so. Yeah, Uh, yeah. please have some more drugs. Go on, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Jack and Eddie go out. They go out and hit the town, don't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. like they, but they just kind of randomly walk and walk around asking people. And my assumption is I might be wrong. Yeah, I might have read it wrong. But randomly walking around the streets saying, "Do you think this man in a cowboy hat is a cowboy?" Yes. Um, <laughs> I you mean, mean, you've never done that, Chris. <laughs> I, 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 you know, you're walking down the streets. Maybe it's a bit less. Well, it's not that late at night. Is it? it's like seven or eight o'clock at night? Maybe, maybe ten. Maybe nine. Say nine, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, popped outside for a ciggy, maybe. Excuse me. Hello. Do you think this man's Hello. a cowboy? Well, he's got the fucking hats. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can only go with what I can see. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Um, so they come home stinking drunk, and they end up. Um, so the girls are upstairs, and they stay downstairs. So they cut. They sort of split off into two two couples that way, and um, Jack tells the story of when he met Elvira, and then the flashback that they have is exactly the same as Elvira's flashback earlier. Only the roles are reversed. So um, this time it's Jack saying, "You know, I jump in bed with a porcupine if it struck my fancy," rather than Elvira. I mean, sorry, sorry, Elvira is saying, "I jump in bed with a porcupine if it struck my fancy." Yeah. Um. And then he takes out a little movie he's been working on, and it turns out it's da, 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 gay porn. Of course. I mean, very um, old gay porn. Very old. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed the sort of play in the naked body, projecting the naked bodies onto their bodies. I thought that was really awfully done. I just really like the fact mm. that I love, I love those little projectors and shit like that. Like you can put anything through that and I'd be made up with that if you had something you in your house. Were you were you geeking out over the projector? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, was. I love that. <laughs> I, was, I was delighted. I was absolutely I delighted. I love that. Me and Andy are drooling over the cocks, and you're drooling over the projector. Wow, hardcore, geeky as fuck, man. <laughs> and then we have the sort of cutting backwards and forwards between the the two couplings, the seduction. Set to what sounds like a riff on uh, a wider, sh- a whiter shade of pale. Yeah, like, mm. like that's what I thought the song was. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like from here on in, the music for like because like the sex scene goes on for for like 15, a long time. Minutes. Yeah, like a, yeah. quite a while, um, and it kind of jumps between the two um, quite a lot. But like it kind of goes that you got a bit of jazz, sounds a bit sinister at points. Yeah, it kind of really you get a real smorgasbord of mood there. You know what I mean? It's it is like. Well, you haven't you haven't spoken about the, the incredible again another fantastic song that they, they absolutely batter into the ground as well with this. Oh my I, god, the song! It's clearly being done by some random house band or something like that. So there's a story about the house band. So the song "Where Is the Girl?" slash "Where Is the Boy?" It was um, sung by musicians named the Croatian Trio, and um, 
they were they were playing in the hotel where the cast and crew were staying. Ah. Whilst they were whilst they were making this film, so they just said, "Do you want to come and sing for our film?" And they were like, "Yeah, okay." I don't know whether they asked. I don't know whether they asked what went on in the film. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> oh, no. it all, again, all sounds very sinister. You can imagine Elvira trying to sell that. Hey, sing a song for us. I'm a great pianist. And yeah. then uh, before you know it, before you know it, yeah. they're just in the upstairs, just covered in amyl nitrate. Can't move for it. Just a watch. Yeah, That's totally, <laughs> completely. Well, did you hear yeah. about the the composer as well, like of the of this of this movie? Like, um, no. Just having a brief like look at his um, output, he died quite early. Like, um, I'd, I'd say quite early, like uh, the late eighties, and uh, a lot of his compositions, like posthumously, have been used in loads of stuff. But mainly, it's been used in um, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, wow. Which, which, which is it's absolutely insane. But it's been used in like Disney films and stuff like that. So it, this guy did a lot of composition work, and it's been reused after his death for loads of different projects. But yes, SpongeBob SquarePants. This is the composer <laughs> of SpongeBob SquarePants. That's amazing. I tell you what, that if 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 it opened in that in that vista of the, of the harbor, and then then it started doing the music from SpongeBob SquarePants, that would be a very different film. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be an edit somewhere on YouTube <laughs> where they put it in there. So I'm just looking back at my the notes I was jotting down whilst watching the sex scenes, and I've put um, I've put is that a doggy lead? I've yes. put oh okay, I wasn't expecting a strap on. Yes. Um, <laughs> and is Jack wearing some form of belt around his naked waist? Yes, he was. Yeah, because I thought belt. for a long time that it was like a, a jock strap. And then when it just yeah. panned down, I was like, oh, there's actually, there's no strap <laughs> at yeah. all. It's just, yeah. it's a belt. <laughs> so these two guys, so um, so Eddie is played by gay porn icon Casey Donovan. Mm. In, in this film, he's under the moniker of Calvin Culver. And um, he's famous for his roles in films like The Boys in the Sand. L.A. Tool and Die, and the the other side of Aspen. Um, he was also he was in a stage production of Captain Brassbound's Conversion with Ingrid Bergman. Oh, okay. He was in. He did some Broadway stuff before this film, and then this film was sort of meant to be his sort of step between sex and mainstream, but then it, it never quite it never quite happened. Mm. Uh, so he just sort of stayed in porn. And then, um, as is, you know, sadly the case with most men of his age who were in porn, he died of AIDS in 1987. Yeah. Um, Gerald Grant, who plays Jack, he's he's uh, he's only credited in one other film, and that's the porn film Both Ways, which uh, I get the impression that's another bisexual film. And he started that with Andrea True Connection, who went from porn to disco with her hit song, More, More, More. How do you like it? How do you like it? So he was in a film with her, um, and then sadly he died of AIDS in 1993. He also, um, um, he was also, he had the, the the tiniest role in um, Umberto Lenzi's uh, cannibal film, Eaten Alive. Like, oh, he's did like, he? He, yeah, he's like he's like in it for two seconds. He's like a desk sergeant, like who's in like the oh, wow. side plot alongside Robert Kerman. But if you look at the trailer for Eaten Alive, like his one moment is in the trailer. So like you know you can oh. see his entire appearance in the trailer. 
<laughs> Save yourself having to watch it. To be fair, yeah. Well, I mean, I like I like the film anyway. But yeah, his his contr- his contribution to it is very scant. So you know, it probably doesn't come up that much. But but yeah, interesting well, that he, he was in that as well. Of all things, well, you can see his entire dick in this film. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and, um, you could. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if I hadn't been sort of primed for this before before we started, I would have been quite shocked when it got to the sex scenes because the sex scene with Mike earlier on was quite sort of soft and stuff. So this time we get full on, like you know, hard dicks, um, blowjobs, all that kind of stuff. I did think that it was quite weird that the I thought the male sex was harder than the female sex. <clears throat> I thought yeah, that was, as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I was I was really expecting the moment when we saw like hardcore female female sex, and yeah, yeah, it didn't arrive. And well, I wasn't I'm not necessarily complaining, but I just thought, well, surely <laughs> there should have been a bit of equality there. I don't know. How Maybe was I was. It? Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. I wanted <laughs> to see full on cunnilingus, guys. You know, I wanted. <laughs> Um, you know, the strap on and all that sort of, I thought I thought what was quite funny was that the lesbian stuff was a little bit kinkier while still being less explicit. Mm. Yeah. So you have more of the, you know, bondage vibe to it, you know. The yeah, with that like leash and all that. I think maybe it I and I might be wrong here, but um with all the different wacky angles and stuff like that and that and that dodgy mirror, uh, they might have been trying to cover the fact that obviously they weren't having sex, which indeed you could not say with the man on man stuff. Clearly they were. They were absolutely fucking yeah. Well, they had they had they had oral sex, but you didn't really see any any penetrative stuff. So no, that that sure could have that could have been softcore, really, couldn't it? That bit. Yeah, um, I thought that. Yeah, I liked the interesting um, <laughs> thing though that Eddie was sort of like in the throes of the passion, like kind of hallucinating that it was Betsy, like pegging him. Yeah, which I thought was quite. Like so there's clearly, even though he had these these issues with like maybe his attraction to her. That he still wants it to be her is just he obviously his tastes are a little bit um, sort of west of where like they traditionally are in a male and female thing. But I, I thought that was quite a nice touch. I thought, oh, okay, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it was Chris. How did it, Chris? How was it for you with an extended like twenty minutes of men fucking? Ah, oh, <laughs> that's something you, you, not, you don't do every day. It's not something I actively seek out on a, on a daily basis, John. I won't lie to you, but you know, <laughs> I'm a man of the world. It's all right. Yeah, I'll yeah. Live. And again, you know, it's 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 it. I just you know, like I think with the nasties and stuff like that and stuff stuff I write about. I do watch a lot. I do on occasion watch stuff like this, and you, you know, you can always kind of enjoy the the upholstery, the 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 decor generally. You know, uh, there's always there's always someone you your eye can stray to, to, to that you can really appreciate. Yeah, completely, totally. It's like a, it's like the full visual experience, isn't it? You're not just watching sex; you're watching that time capsule of that yes. really stylish, oh, yeah. you know, interior decor and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and um, so, yeah, we get quite an extended period where they're both having sex with each other, and then um, and then they wake up the next day, and there's a great scene. There's a great moment where Elvira wakes up, but she's chained to Betty's ankles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In in kind of like um, an antithesis of what I expected, though, like Betsy was like quite liberated by the experience, whereas Eddie yeah. is quite initially um, hesitant to accept what's happened, uh, which which again oh, I yeah, wouldn't yeah. have expected considering their attitudes the previous night. Betsy's like um, 
when Betty wakes up, she's even styled differently. So she's got her hair pulled back. She's got, she looks more streamlined. She's more direct. Everything about her physicality is totally different. Like she's had this awakening mm. overnight. Whereas Eddie's kind of, as you say, he's like recoiling, isn't he? He's freaking well, out. well, he says that I want to get out of here. You know, like, like he actually wants to leave the vicinity because he's like not happy with what's happened. Whereas she is like, no, you know, I'm, I feel like I belong sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get that moment, don't we? Like just flashing back to the night before when it gets to midnight because midnight's the cutoff point. Mm. And we get, we see that both Jack and Elvira give up the game basically and give into their feelings. So it was less about the bet and more about that genuine connection they had with the other person, mm. which is quite nice. Um, the the, the whole yeah, moment though of like, like smash, like popping open the popper though and like bingo, like right under their yeah. nose at bingo. the stroke of midnight. Again, very fairy tale like, but at the same time, it's like, you know, very effective in the way that it built up to that moment. And then it was like, oh, well, they can't really resist now, can they? <laughs> and there was that sort of fetishization, wasn't it, of the pop, the popper's container thing? That yeah, I've never seen there. anything like that before, if I'm honest. And it yeah. was, was a bit strange, because first, when when you saw her preparing it, I wasn't sure whether it was actually for the popper or whether it was like some sort of weird, like, early like bullet type vibrator type bullet, thing bullet, but yeah yeah totally, that's yeah. what it looked like and then when she put the popper in, it was like oh is it like a fancy canister for it like oh okay <laughs> um, i didn't i didn't know you could get these no <laughs> you go on ebay it's like oh i don't oh think you need them anymore <laughs> no you don't because they, they, they're not they're not ampules anymore that you that you snap they're yeah. just like little like well tinted glass jars aren't they essentially yeah, little, little bottles of liquid on liquid yeah gold. so you don't need to you don't need that sort of fancy stuff anymore but but just how it it's just strange how i thought that's that's clearly going to be a bullet vibrator and it's like oh no yeah. it's not yeah <laughs> looking at it through a millennial lens there andy you see i know i know i've yeah. i've significantly <laughs> significantly aged everyone from the 70s <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so uh yeah there we have it so the next morning um so eddie's freaking out at first and then we get mike mike the telephone guy comes around again doesn't he and they run into him and um jack meets mike here at the end of the film and i was like oh no the film's about to end and i'm not going to see these two get it on mm-hmm. um but then you sort of almost do in a in a funny way. Mike Mike says, "I'll try anything once," and um, he's then drawn into the uh, the sort of bisexual. I was going to say triangle, but it's more like a square now, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sexy, it's a sexy pileon, isn't it? A sexy big sexy pileon. There's a wonderful. The highlight of the whole film is um, the straws that they have with the bottoms. Oh they have god, like a yeah. Up straw. That they drink from. It's like a little female <laughs> bottom. Oh my I god, we haven't mentioned in. we haven't mentioned the pink boob in the kitchen that's on the table. She's oh got my this god, random What the fuck was that? It's not even <laughs> an ashtray anything. She's sort of stroking it, isn't she? As she's on the phone to like the yeah. telephone repair company or something. What, what's the pair what pair what function is that? It's not it's not even it's not even the proper it's just a tiny pink hard plastic boob. I so, thought it was like a gel. Uh, was it a jelly mold? Or was, it, was that what it was? <laughs> or is, is it or a is jelly? It, 
it might have been a paperweight or or perhaps it's just perhaps perhaps it was just like a, an erotic conversation piece that you're supposed to whip out like when you got people around. <laughs> whip out one <laughs> rock <laughs> When the conversation dries up. <laughs> get get your tits out. Oh god. Oh. So yeah, it also so we have this sort of fun, very uplifting ending, don't we, where um it's like a big giant pylon. So you got, you've got first of all, you've got um, Jack and Elvira seducing Mike, and then El- uh, Betty gets involved, and then you've got Eddie sort of standing back and scared, but then he sort of has this epiphany moment where she says, you know, it doesn't really matter who you love, just as long as you do, and that's the sort of that's the whole ethos of the whole film, really. Mm. And then he's pulled in, and and then they run off, then then basically Eddie and Betsy have now got this sort of new sexual lease of life. So they run off with Mike the repairman and leave Jack and Elvira in the, in the, in the dust. And then Jack and Elvira <laughs> are like, Oh, I know we'll, we'll go to the cinema. But then on the way to the cinema, they see like a hot waiter and they're like, Ooh, let's go to that restaurant after the cinema. Yeah. Like absolute laser sighted on them as well. Wasn't it? They were just like, they walk yeah. past and It's like the Ironside music comes on and this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Straight in there. It really made me think of me and Ben, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly us. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you get this impression that, you know, at, at the end of the day, the only change that's happened in the film is a positive one. Betsy and Eddie are a bit more open with yeah. each other, a bit more honest. And uh, Jack and Elvira are happy and go happy go lucky, carefree, and they're gonna carry on because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely I absolutely Sex- want the sequel yeah. though, where they do seduce that waiter. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> like because the waiter might... the waiter was pretty damn good. You might have to recast, recast it now. Oh <laughs> but, god. Um... <laughs> I mean I mean Lynn Lowry's the only one still alive, isn't she? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, oh. well, she probably she could have a cameo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like as we said at the beginning uh, of the of the podcast, we were called it's the podcast called Sleazy Queens, but it wasn't really that sleazy. It was it was really sort of nice and wholesome, as you wholesome. said. Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wholesome pornography. Terrible lads. We're gonna have to step up a game soon. I know, terrible, terrible. I mean, I didn't think um, that they could be. Yeah, you know, they. I didn't think they were such bedfellows, but th- yeah, this film really proves that you can make porn that's actually quite positive and quite nice. <laughs> I think, you know, I think some of that sort of, from that era, it, it put me in mind a little bit of the Russ Meyer films. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, and they, you know, they they weren't quite as sort of trippy, hippy dippy as this one, and you know, love everyone. They were a bit more, they were a bit more sleazy, but mm. they were all about the the comedy, and they were quite funny, um, and upbeat and stuff. And you know, people weren't being particularly punished for for sex or anything. And they, you mm. know, yeah. Um, I think um, Randy Metzger, who directed it, sums it up. There's a quote from 2014. And he says, uh, when I was coming of age, eroticism was always in films, but eroticism was punished. The promiscuous girl never got the leading man. The woman who sold her charms always had a bad face. The good girl always achieved ends. The bad girl never did. As a reaction to that, I tried to do the opposite. You could have a free attitude and behave in a free way and not be punished. A parallel to that is that it could also be light. It didn't have to be tragedy. You could look at sex in a fun way. That was a personal thing to work against the cliches in cinema when I was growing up. 
Mm. And uh, I'd say he achieved it. I think yeah. so. Yeah, definitely. It's like it 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 it's in that that gold golden era porn and stuff. It it it, it was you know you trying they were chill they're trying to sell it to people. Like, you know you know what this is all cool. You can go you can you can go to the cinema and watch people fucking. This is all fine. Exactly. So that's kind of that's a solid you know fair fair place them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, Jerry Douglas, who wrote this, he was a gay man, and he also wrote a gay porn classic called The Back Row. Um, after his initial stint in film, he went on to write for gay magazines like The Advocate. He was a journalist. Um, and then uh, he returned to porn later in his career. Um, but he's actually still with us and happily married. So that's always you know another nice happy ending there as well. Mm. Um but yeah, really open, uplifting, uh, very queer piece of golden age porn. This film, yeah. and I'm really, I'm really happy I've been introduced to it. it um, thank you, Andy. It, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Thank you. I, I did feel a little bit sorry for like um, Elvira and Jack at the end because they did sort of like they clearly had another like they, they had pills and stuff, didn't they, to introduce. Um, like Betsy too and everything. And they had like a whole day planned. And then when it kind of went away, it's like, ah, uh, you know, we've opened their cages and away they've flown. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it, didn't, it didn't take, uh, it didn't take them much, did it? It was just like, yeah, we're lit. Thanks, thanks for that. We're jibbing you off now straight away. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, it was all happy. And again, it, the, the fairy tale ending of like, you know, everyone lived happily ever after. It, it, essentially that's what happened, isn't it? So. But yeah. Well, everyone, as, as I say, everyone's happy because it's a, it is a case of if it ain't broke, so they just carry on doing what they do and they love, and they've got you know great timelines up with the uh, with the hot waiter. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's all it's all good fun. Um, but yeah, I you know wh- whichever film we choose next, please guys, can we have a little bit more rape and murder? <laughs> <laughs> I aim. This podcast of well, everyone, but if we can get some queer listeners who are into exploitation films to enjoy it, then great. And I feel like it's introduced me to a piece of cinema that I didn't know. So hopefully, it'll do the same for them as well. Mm. Um, bit of a bit of queer history there, mm-hmm. but yeah, thank thank you so much, and um, yeah, I really look forward to the next episode. So where can we? Where can people hear your filthy output, Andy? Mine, um, Nasty Pasty Podcast is on um, iTunes or um, Podbean, any other like podcatcher that you you can you can. But um, I'm also on Twitter at Rackety Esprus, so you can find it on there, or you can type in Nasty Pasty Pod, and all of my stuff's there. I've got a huge backlog of stuff that you can listen to, but I'm hoping to finally get my arse in gear and get another episode out at some point. But touch and go at the moment with world events going the way they are. Yeah. But you know. One day soon, hopefully. Yeah. And Chris, where can we go dig up your filth? Uh, my filth is at uh, thelasthorrorpodcast.com or you can uh, Google Virginia Nasty's podcast and uh, it will come up. Or you can get me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey. Brilliant. And you can get me at Johnny Larkin on Twitter. Um, and also listen out for the other episodes of the podcast uh, the Mothership series, Screaming Queens. There are more, more, more episodes coming from that as well. But I've really enjoyed this, and I look forward to our next little um, threesome, boys. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, who's for some poppers? Hey! <laughs>
invitation to bring someone you want to excite to a completely different kind of motion picture. Radley Metzger's score.